Welcome back to the Flywheel Film Show. I'm Jordan, your roommate back in Boulder. I'm Austin, who stole Jordan's mattress from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> and this is Justin coming to you from inside of a custodian's closet at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. In today's episode, we go berserk on a two-car dream garage. We explain that EVs are in fact not free. And I blatantly lie to a stranger. But first, the news. <laughs> so, as everyone in the world is aware, GM is reviving the Hummer with the Hummer EV and now the Hummer SUV EV, or whichever order they put those letters in. Um, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. You know, everyone's comparing it to the Cybertruck, they're comparing it to the Rivian. Um, they're kind of annoyed by the cheesy commercials, but at the same time, it looks kind of cool. It has things that are, I guess, quirks and features, but really, I think just marketing material like Crab Walk. How often is that going to be used? So uh, curious on <laughs> y'all's thoughts. I could see Crab Walk being really useful, like in traffic. You know, you, you accidentally, because you're a Hummer driver, you've accidentally pulled up too close to the car behind you who stopped for a legitimate reason. You're literally riding their tail, and now they're stopped at a light, and you want to go around them on the sidewalk because you're driving a Hummer. You can just crab walk over to the next lane and then just take off. But it's like at a certain angle. So it's like if you are close enough to the person in front of you, you still can't do it. <laughs> still, still hit them. Just scrape the right side of the car, maybe a little bit. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm driving a Hummer. Like, are the are the uh, new Hummer features just perpetuating bad Hummer behavior? That's what it seems like to me. <laughs> I mean, one of the downsides of the old Hummer was that you know it was this big lumbering vehicle that didn't have a lot of torque. Now they've given it all the torque. It could ram things from a standstill. And, and the original was not super practical. Like it was so big, but so much of the vehicle itself was the vehicle itself. So there really wasn't much of an interior, even though it took up most of the road, which is kind of a yeah. weird conundrum. So curious to see if this, I mean, this will have, you know, the front trunk because there's no engine up there getting seven miles to the gallon. So this should be better. But it, I will say compared to like a Tesla, it has what roughly the same range with double the battery pack. So it's it's just as inefficient as the last one. <laughs> it's very American of like, yeah, we did the same thing. Yeah, we used a 300 cubic inch motor to match what your four cylinder makes, but it's got the same power. You know, it's kind of in the same spirit. Haven't lost that. Well, what we need to do is just start. We need to ship a thousand of them over to another country that has a lot of oil. So they need freedom and we send them over there and then we <laughs> test them out in battle and if they make it back then then it's legitimate i i just hope they uh they incorporate into the next transformers film <laughs> just like the original one with the hummer h2 <laughs> <laughs> except he's got this battery pack now that just like is exposed and is if, a, if you shoot it it blows up yeah so this is um one of the first evs of this this big news of gm committing to 30 evs by 2025 which is quite a feat i think they're working towards do we think they're actually going to get there because they've said this before if i remember correctly they were like well, yeah yeah they so they have right now what do they have the bolt and the bolt euv so they have two and i guess the hummer is coming now 
and maybe they're going to classify the Hummer SUV as different from the Hummer. I mean, it depends how they do it. They could do three different trims and call it three different cars. I don't know. <laughs> I think they have the Spark EV as well, but I think a lot of companies are doing this where they're promising an all-electric lineup of some kind, and it's easy for them to say that now because nobody's really holding them accountable. Like, who's going to say five years down the road? Like, a lot of people will probably forget these statements or they'll, like, go a different direction. Yeah, I kind of wonder, like, how much of it is just PR, you know? Like, oh, look, you know, we have a administration in America that's more friendly towards, you know, electric vehicles and electric uh, vehicle infrastructure. So we're really push. we're going to push this marketing scheme. Like, like I, I, I don't genuinely think that it's because GM is turned, you know, philanthropic and wants to save the earth. I think they see a business opportunity because they're a business. Yeah. So when you, when you said they've done this before, back in 2017, GM promised two new EVs within 18 months and 20 new EVs within five years, which would put that at 2022. And all we've got so far is the Bolt. They did have the Spark for a while. I think that's been discontinued because um, it was so terrible. But um, so, yeah, who knows if it's hot air or real? I hope it's real because I think they could make some good EVs like the the Bolt, which we first saw at that Nashville Auto Show um, back in 20, what, 2015. Um, that was actually pretty cool. And it's, it's been impressive, like on paper, you know, aside from the terrible infotainment, it's been a solid EV. And now that they're dropping in price with the slightly used ones, it's a much better alternate than the Leaf, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to skip over, like, the, the Ultium battery tech seems legitimate. Like, it, it definitely seems uh, well ahead of where they were, you know, five years ago. So I don't, I don't want to put that aside. I do think they should start naming the vehicles, though, after, like, electric Pokemon moves from the games. <laughs> you Like, Thundershock, Thunderbolt, which they sort of have, Thunderwave, Thunder. <laughs> Just start naming them all Thunder something. Thunderstruck, which is not a, it's a that's a song. They're all super effective. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you guys have any any car spots lately? I lied to somebody. I so I was delivering for Chick Fil A and I took the order to someone and there was a Lotus. This guy was this guy was driving a Lotus ahead of me and he stopped in the parking lot where I was stopping. So I got out and I was like, "Ooh, uh, excuse me, sir, can I take a picture of your car?" And he said, "Oh yeah, sure." And so I took a picture of it, and then I delivered the food up to, like, the fourth floor of this apartment complex. And the uh, the ladies who were working up there, they were like, oh, like, did you see that car? And they are like, what kind is that? Thinking that I'm I'm a male, so obviously I should know, which is, you know, blatantly sexist. But whatever, you know, they're like, what kind of car is that? And I said, oh, it, it's, it's a Lotus of some type. I'm not really sure. I was like, I think it's an Exige. And they're like, oh, that's cool. It's not an Exige. It was it was a an Evora. It was a Lotus Evora, and now there's a couple of women out there in the world who think that a Lotus Evora is actually an excision. I feel like I've I've ruined everything. And now yeah, now you have to live with that. Now you see them on the sidewalk and avoid their their gaze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please please don't talk to me. I'm a terrible person. I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of Tycons lately, which is yeah. I'm I'm kind of over it. They still look great. I still want to drive one, but they're no longer like it's like every time a new EV comes out, I'm like, oh, it's so cool. And then everyone half of Boulder buys it and it's just like, oh, another EV. And then you see like a 90s Camry. And you're like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. My track car from a few weeks ago. That's 
everyone's like, ah, I need one of those. Give me a yeah. 98 Camry. But uh, speaking of EVs, so I felt like Austin could contribute a lot to this because of his time at Tesla, he probably had a lot of customers with preconceived notions about EVs. So the misconception of this segment is EVs are free to operate after you buy it. You buy it and then free. No more gas stations, no more oil changes. Everything's free. Yeah, so whenever you go to buy a Tesla, a lot of people think that it is a large upfront cost with nothing after the fact. Um, that is true. It is typically a more expensive upfront cost with a uh, lesser and lesser operating cost, like as far as the time you own it and, and the return on investment that you may see. Um, but it's not free. It's far from it. Um, you do have, still have to pay for your charging if you charge at home. And even Tesla has largely done away with free supercharging. That was a big draw in the early days of Tesla because they're trying to sell people on the idea of electric. Um, but now you do have to pay for uh, your supercharges. It is really easy and convenient because it automatically bills you. It knows which car you have. It's all connected to your Tesla account. Um, and at your home, it literally just gets tacked onto your electric bill. So as far as convenience, it's still very convenient, but you're still paying 10 to $20 for a full charge, um, which isn't awful, but um, it still definitely does add up. Um, another thing that will add up with an electric car is going to be tires more than anything. Um, Teslas are very powerful. They have a lot of torque and a lot of torque can wear through tires quickly, and when you pair that with a inherently heavy automobile, um, you're going to see increased tire wear for sure. Um, so you may be saving money on gas and consumables like brakes because you're you won't go through brakes as much because of the regenerative braking. You're not going to be needing oil changes, anything like that. Um, but you are going to be going through tires more quickly, depending on how you drive, um, and you are going to be still paying for the charges for your car. I do have a question about charging because from what I understand is that if you charge at home, you can schedule the Tesla to start charging at a specific time where your electricity costs are actually lower because not many people are using the grid. And so they, they charge less per, per kilowatt or whatever it is. Is that correct? Yeah. So yeah, you can definitely schedule a charge. That was one thing that in Texas we talked about a lot because there's actually like, we don't have centralized electricity here. So you have like things like free nights and free weekends um, where you can take advantage of that scheduled charging. Um, and a lot of places will have lower rates during non-peak hours. Right. So you can definitely take advantage of that. Um, so you can get by with that, especially. Um, and also you can potentially charge at work. A lot of uh, larger companies are starting to install complimentary electric car charging just to kind of do their part. Um, which is really cool as well. And for a lot of people, if they have an at-work charging solution, they don't need to charge anywhere else. So I'm not going to say that like it, the cost evens out. It definitely is cheaper across the board. But the, the conception that, oh, if I buy an electric car, I only have to pay for the car, and then after that it magically repays me because I bought an electric car, uh, it's definitely not true, unfortunately. But um, as far as overall cost of ownership, I can say it is a lot cheaper. Yeah. And I imagine just like the general maintenance is probably a little bit more expensive, especially for Teslas because it's more specialized. You, there's not as many shops that can work on it. Like I could take my Honda Accord pretty much to any tire shop and they can 
swap out the tires, you know, for, for a Tesla. I don't, I, I mean, well, I guess I should ask, can you take your Tesla to like, could I take it to discount tire right down the road and get the tires swapped out every 8,000 miles because I'm drag racing it all over the place? Yeah, absolutely. So tires are one of the only parts of the Tesla that you can take absolutely anywhere. As far as your other maintenance, there isn't a lot. I believe right as I was leaving Tesla in late 2019, um, there was a uh, announcement from Elon that the there was no planned maintenance. We did have maintenance plans for a while and they took those away because they saw that they weren't really needed. But if you do need something done where it's not maintenance, something goes wrong with your car um, and you're not in warranty, you are paying for luxury repair costs. And that's one thing you do have to keep in mind is Tesla is still a luxury brand. So you're going to be paying like what you would for a Mercedes or a BMW as far as um, that cost to get things replaced and repaired if you're not under that warranty. Yeah. And I know this is a little bit outside the normal, the scope of normal maintenance, but um, from what I understand, like, like body repair costs are, are pretty significantly high for yeah. Tesla's. That, that was a big thing. So Tesla's, most of them have either entirely aluminum or right. a lot of aluminum body panels. Um, and aluminum body panels are harder to work on. They're, it's more of a specialty skill for body shops to take care of aluminum um, body panels because it is something you typically see only on higher-end vehicles. Right. Um, so it definitely is something to kind of take into consideration. And there for a while, it was really hard to get replacement body panels for Teslas. And a lot of body shops, even though they were technically certified to work on them, were refusing to mm -hmm. because of how long those wait times were on the parts. They didn't want to have those cars in their shop for that long and, and have those owners be on their tail about getting the thing wrapped up. So yeah, that, that definitely was something. I don't know the state of that now, but when I was there a year and a half ago, um, that was definitely, uh, or two years ago, that was definitely something that was on our map and on our radar. Yeah, I remember dealing with that when I worked at Allstate, you know, a year and a half to two years ago, is dealing with accidents with Teslas. And we had like one body shop in the area that was certified and willing to work on Teslas. And so because of that, wait times were just absolutely nuts. And then waiting to get the parts was was tragic. So, um, and it's expensive. So, but I mean, the, the purpose of the aluminum, from my understanding, is to save weight. So it's not like they were just like, oh, let's make this really hard to fix. They It was for a good reason, but that reason also makes it a little bit more difficult to to repair. Yeah, it was, it was a weight-saving thing for sure, Justin. You know, every, every time a new car manufacturer comes into play, they always have these quirks to work through. So I give it a few years, I think it'll be much more integrated with the rest of the world. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see as as more car manufacturers enter the EV space, how much those initial costs are brought down through competition and free markets, because that's what competition works best in. Um, but you know, drives down the initial price, and then you know, even though it's not free on the back end, you know, you still have a lower maintenance costs. So as more people enter the space, we'll have lower initial costs and lower maintenance costs, and be better for everybody. <laughs> so let's move into our dream garage segment. Um, the parameters, very excited for this one because yes. basically go ham. The parameters are any two cars. Money is no object. It can be available now or unveiled, but keep in mind, whatever you choose right now is what you have. So if you pick two cars that were unveiled but not out yet, you just have no car till they're out. Uh, <laughs> so 
Um, with that in mind, <laughs> I will go first, and I will say a 2011 Tesla Roadster 2.5 Sport with the R80 battery. That was the one they offered in, what, 2014 to give it a new battery with 400 miles of range. So extremely fun, capable EV Roadster. And a 2021 Rivian R1T, which is not quite out, but they start delivering in June. So we'll, we'll see. Wait, so you're telling me that you would have a truck even though, like, last podcast, you were just like, "No, nah, trucks. I don't want. I don't want to get a truck. I don't. I don't have a farm." Now you're like, "Oh yes, give me a truck. Maybe I'll buy a farm." I gave no thoughts to ever owning a pickup truck until Rivian showed me what was possible with the design language and the capabilities. It, capabilities aside, I just love how it looks, and it was like it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not, you know super outdoorsy i live in boulder so i guess i'm like three times as outdoorsy as most you know people in nebraska but uh <laughs> i i'm not i'm really like i don't do things that truck people do i don't go on adventures near as much or off-roading excursions but seeing that truck, truck people don't do truck people stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> nor on that in the next podcast oh. stay tuned <laughs> but it's like it's what it's one of those things where it's like <laughs> it's like they show it in action like in the commercial and you're like that could be me. <laughs> I could I could live on I could live out of a truck. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that would be a super fun duo of somehow EVs. Yeah, EVs are like every part of this podcast now. All electric. That's that's it. that's a much different uh, take than what I chose. Um, let's put it that way. So it's a good caveat. Um, one of my vehicles, I actually do plan to live out of a truck. Um, in this scenario, um, if you're not familiar with an Earth Roamer, it is pretty much a luxury RV that can go anywhere. It's based on a Ford F550 chassis, um, and it's got a big old box on the back full of luxury amenities. So imagine like that nomadic life that everybody's doing now in vans, but you're doing it in F550 that can literally go anywhere oh my god uh, so this this is a tank yeah. bro that's imagine, not an rv imagine spending a million dollars not on a home right no but, but on a ford <laughs> f550 but on a home it's still a home you can still live in it so uh much less environmentally friendly but um also living in a truck and then uh what and that's currently out so i'd get both of these cars now and then the other one um, i really ran with a money no object thing um <laughs> The when this came out, I about lost it. Um, the Singer reimagined uh, Safari 911. If you're unfamiliar, Singer is a company that um, pretty much is like what a lot of people classify as like a resto mod, right? They um, restore a classic 911 from like the 60s, and then they make it perfect. They do really really nice materials. They'll redo the engines, make them pretty high output, very fun to drive. Um, but they did a safari version, which so they lifted it, put some capable tires on it, and a sequential gearbox, and it's wonderful. It is absolutely beautiful, and I would daily that if money was no object. Well, and you, what you could do is I'm looking at it here, and you could you could have it on a trailer behind your 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 tank RV. And just drive out into I the middle I'd of the desert. I think I park it on top. Actually, I think I just get some <laughs> really long ramps and just drive it up on top. 
Let's you, you go. You go and buy the materials for the ramps. You're like, what? They're like, what are you going to use this for? You have to park my million dollar car on top of my million dollar RV, RV. house. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Peculiar flex, but okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You, but you could park your RV somewhere, and then daily the the Safari 911 to you know wherever you were planning on going that day. Maybe maybe 50 miles due east to um, I don't know pick up some dirt. If I'm in Moab and I want to be like in Nevada, I can just drive like 200 miles an hour across the desert in my <laughs> Safari 911. Yeah. So what what generation 911 is that? I, I am not great with the 911 generations. It's, they all look the same. Yeah. That's <laughs> <That> true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, it's from like, I believe I'm probably going to get absolutely destroyed on this if this is false, but I believe it's like late 60s or like early to mid 70s. Um, yeah, I was going to say it looks somewhere between you know, late 60s and 2019. But I mean, the, uh, can't quite. <laughs> the the singer is pretty much like, I think it was all carbon body panels and like it's it's based off of that 911. But it's not like they took one and and like used it. You know, I think this is like ground up, brand new, but just kind of based off of the idea of that 911. Thank <laughs> gosh. Well, all right, Justin, what'd you go? <laughs> well, well, I now realize I don't think I was ambitious enough. Um, so I'm changing my answers. I'm going to buy a jet. No. Uh, my two choices were, gosh, now, now it just seems like a terrible idea. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be fun. No, I want to, I'm going all brand new. Uh, 2021 Aston Martin Vantage. I've always wanted to own an Aston Martin, so now that money is no object, I'm going to pretend like I can. Um, and and I don't know the the Vantage is something about the design. I just I really I really appreciate the design, and I know it's probably you know as far as like luxury cars go, it may not be like the latest and greatest, but um, I've, there's always been a special place in my heart for Aston Martins and, and their design language. So I do, 2021 Aston Martin Vantage. Um, and then I would get a 2021 Ford Bronco Outer Banks with the four door, and I would go visit uh, Austin in the desert. I like how you and I went very similar directions. You just went the the you know the internal combustion engine route, yeah, and I went the EV route, but very similar capable vehicles. Hey, and then hey, Austin just I went, went capable vehicles too. I just have no. More I, capable I'm speaking. Vehicles. I'm speaking out of. <laughs> I'm speaking out of jealousy, but uh, no, I think the, I think the Aston Martin's a great choice because you know it's it's a car you don't see often. Like I'm honestly bored of all these cars and coffees with Lamborghinis, and like even here in you know Colorado, it's like everyone buys a McLaren now, which used um, to be the supercar you never saw, and now right. it's like all I see is McLarens and Lamborghinis and Ferraris, and no one thinks outside the box to get like. A rare Lotus or like uh, an NSX. Aston Martin. When I see an NSX, oh, yeah. I like if it's parked next to a LaFerrari, I'm like, oh, an NSX. <laughs> yeah. Who cares about exactly. the LaFerrari? Yeah, I, I, I'm thrilled with that. I, I almost put the four door Bronco. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> I think those are going to be super cool. Yeah. That's are you going to do the fun. twin? Are you do the twin turbo V6 or? Uh, <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> since there's no V8 option, I suppose yes. You you could be that guy since money's no object. Buy the Ford Bronco four door, and then also buy the new a newly announced V8 Wrangler and do an engine swap <laughs> that's, that's, into that's, the. 
I could just, or, just LS swap so, it. It sounds like yeah, a terrible so, idea. So breaking news, I don't know if it's confirmed, but the new um, the C8 Corvette Z06 was either announced or leaked or something, but it has the new highest um, output naturally aspirated V8 in existence, 616 horsepower. Oh, my god! You could take that Chevy engine, probably LS4, whatever they call it, throw it in that Bronco. Man. Oh, my god! I think I would just stay, just, it. just stay brand loyal, <laughs> and I just do like a, a – Coyote motor, like a 5.0 from a Mustang. Oh, from would, an 80s Mustang. No, 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 no not that. <laughs> that. That is an awful idea. Um, or you could do, oh, here you go, do the GT500 Mustang power plant, shove that oh, the Bronco. Geez. Isn't that like what, 700 horsepower, 600 horsepower? Yeah. Then I could get to your your uh, RV quicker. Yeah. Jordan will never make it there because he'll get halfway into the desert and then realize I don't have anywhere to charge my car. He'll have to put the Tesla in the back of the Rivian as about ba- <laughs> as an extra battery. <laughs> well, the Rivians can tow char- or be tow charged. I'll, I'll pull the Rivian with the Roadster. <laughs> yeah, Jordan, you're gonna. My uh, Earth Roamer has 95 gallon tanks with diesel, um, so. <laughs> I could probably go That's, away. When someone asks, what's the opposite of a Tesla, you say 95 gallons of diesel. <laughs> <laughs> That's you can, correct. But hey, I, make- I have 1,320 watts of solar, though, so like I'm also doing my part. That's you know? true. All I have to do is get to Austin, and yeah. then I'll stay there for four weeks and charge off solar power. <laughs> and then move on. <laughs> we're, all, we're all just going to park our cars on top of Austin's RV. Like, just stack them. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, now I feel like I should have. Uh, so I, I wanted to say the new Tesla Roadster, but then I'd be picking two unveiled cars that are not. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be walking then, for a little while. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't be able to make it to the I desert. want a new Rivian and a new Roadster and then a bicycle until <laughs> one of those come out. That's excellent. Uh, gentlemen, well, this is a good episode. I would say that that is a wrap. All right, thank you all for tuning in. Hope you guys learned something or at least found it somewhat entertaining. Do you guys have questions, corrections? As you guys know, we are far from right sometimes. So please slide us those DMs or if you're old enough to use email like we are, theflywheelfilms at gmail.com is where you're going to find us. Or reach out on our other platforms. Instagram and YouTube contain most of our content at flywheelfilms. And my Miata has Instagram at ghosty.miata. And you can follow my fiesta at Kona.party.st. And I don't have an Instagram, but you can reach me by certified letter, whatever that is. I didn't write this. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Excellent.